There's been a lot of concern about declining attendance for the San Francisco Giants over the last couple of years, and even blame being placed out as to why attendance has dipped, even when the team was really good last year. Is it a Farhan Zaidi roster construction thing? We're going to debunk some of the myths about the attendance next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, yes, we're going to talk about the attendance a little bit and how I think that because we're so focused on the Giants and the Giants alone, we're missing a really important big picture point about attendance in Major League Baseball over the last couple years. And then we'll also get to some mailbag questions as well later on. But jumping right into the attendance question... You know, what's happening is on Twitter, you know, we're getting reports daily from uh, those at the stadium about what the attendance numbers are. In 2021, it was much more of a, I mean, it was different than it was in 2022, because what happened in 2021 is towards the end of the year, you know, the Giants are just playing such good baseball all season long. They're in this race with the Dodgers, and yet, you know, 25,000 people were showing up or 30,000 people, and they're just not even close to selling out despite being such a good team. And then this year, well, the fact about 2021, I must say, is that early in the year, there were restrictions on attendance given the state of the pandemic. And later on in the year, those restrictions were lifted. But the overall numbers, when we look at, okay, what did they draw per game on average 2021? And what did they draw overall in 2021? Those numbers are skewed by the restrictions that took place early in the year. But In 2022, there were no restrictions ever. So those numbers are more accurate and reflect just actual interest in people showing up and and coming to Giants games. But then there's the fact that the team wasn't as good and attendance wasn't very great again. And so this has created a lot of uh, discussion on social media. And I'll just get to the numbers, like what the numbers are. I think it's important or most relevant to compare 2022 to 2019. 2019, believe it or not, was the last uh, season in which there were no restrictions on attendance prior to 2022. It seems crazy, but yeah, no fans in 2020 and then the restrictions in 2021 that skewed the numbers. So for the San Francisco Giants, where this is coming from is that in 2019, they drew 2,707,760 fans. And in 2022, they drew 2,482,686 fans, a decline of 225,000 fans uh, for the entire season. And per game, I actually don't have that pulled up, but I can just quickly do the math. When we look at uh, in 2019 divided by 81 games, it was 33,429 per game. And if we look at 
This year, divided by 81 games, it was 30,650 per game. And so for the Giants, from this full season to the last full season of fans in the stands, it's a decline of 8.3%. So this gets a lot of discussion going. And really, a lot of it focuses around people are saying it's because they don't have star talent. It's because of the platoon systems. It's because the brand of baseball that this front office has kind of put together over the last few years, which those are valid points. And so I do think that that's part of what's going on, perhaps. Like if you have Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani, which is, I've talked about my dream offseason. Again, not realistic, but dream. Let's just say you go out and you get those guys, you bring back an ace pitcher or Otani is one of your ace pitchers. And there's a lot more interest in the team and they start playing really well. I think you would draw more fans. But at the same time, what we are missing is the fact that Looking at 2022 and looking at 2019 league-wide, there has been a decline of 5.8% in attendance. So it is not like when we say the Giants are down 8% from 2019. Okay, they're only a two percentage point difference, 2.4, between the league average. So maybe we'll account that 2.4 percentage point difference between the league average and the Giants to the fact that there's no star talent. And the rest of it, it's just like with offensive numbers. I'm always talking about how you can't just look at like batting average year to year team, you know, for your team, like compare the Giants all the way back to the 70s to now and be like, wow, the batting average for the Giants has gotten worse. They're just getting worse at hitting or really comparing this year 2022 to 2021 and you look at a decline and you'll be like wow they got worse but what you're missing is that the whole league got worse and so that is really important to think about when we're looking at these things and so there are a lot of actual examples here of other teams that you wouldn't think this is the thing like who's in the NLCS the Padres their attendance is up 25 percent from 2019. But what about those Philadelphia Phillies? Maybe you saw the division series in Philadelphia against the Braves and how the place was packed and it was an electric atmosphere. And you're like, wow, these fans show up for these Phillies and they've got all these star players. They do. They're also kind of underdogs for various reasons, but they've got Bryce Harper. They went out and signed big names, even though, I mean, Schwarber has been good. Castellanos has not been good. And I mean, Schwarber's challenged defensively, so maybe just good and not great. But anyway, they've got some names. And yet, the Phillies from 2019 to 2022 have seen, saw a decrease of 16.5% in attendance. And their overall attendance this year was 2.28 million. And the Giants, again, overall attendance this year, 2.48 million. So the Giants outdrew the Philadelphia Phillies, who have big names and are in the NLCS and had a winning season. They did only win six more games than the Giants, by the way. The team in the NLCS that has a one nothing lead in that series drew less than the Giants in terms of attendance. Have you know They've built their roster how I think a lot of Giants fans want the Giants to build their roster, signing names in free agency whether it was Harper a few years ago or Castellanos and Schwarber, Zach Wheeler, 
So they've done it that way, and they've seen it. I can't explain. I don't know why the Phillies are down that much, 16.5%. I, you know, 2019, they didn't have a great season, so it's really hard to explain. And about double the uh, difference as the Giants in terms of a decrease from 2019 to 2022. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to look at some other examples of this. The Houston Astros get involved in this conversation as well as some other teams. And then we'll turn our attention to some very intriguing mailbag questions. So we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I really dislike traditional dress shirts. You may, if you're watching on YouTube, see, I like to wear these stretchier kind of comfortable shirts. I'm all about comfort, really. And so if you can look really good and be comfortable, why not do that instead of maybe look good, but be uncomfortable? To me, it's kind of a no-brainer. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Seriously, you're not going to want to go golfing in that stiff, uncomfortable shirt. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash locked on and use code locked on it's time to find your corner offers office comfort all right as promised we are going to look more at some of these attendance figures i just think i mean hopefully that was able to convince some people the phillies i think you wouldn't guess if you didn't know this and you just kind of tuned into the nlds maybe you didn't even tune into the nlds i don't know but when this series against the Padres shifts to Philadelphia and you see a packed house and fans going nuts and you're like, the Giants fans deserve that, just know they drew less fans, this fewer fans this year than the Giants, and they had a bigger decrease from their last full season than the Giants, which doesn't really make any sense. Of course, all of this is affected, I believe, and I'm sure it's true, by COVID-19 and just, uh, you know... People's lives were disrupted. People moved out of cities, especially in San Francisco. I know a lot of people left San Francisco and a lot of people are working from home and not in the city. And maybe they were going from their jobs to games. So there are a lot of factors here. There's also just people are more cautious. You know, maybe there's a significant number of people who don't want to be in a big crowd, especially when, you know, television production has gotten so good and we got a lot of people have big screen TVs, high definition, comfort of your living room, a much cheaper, right? It's not cheap. And, and you know, fight. the economy is kind of in tatters a little bit in a lot of ways and inflation and just stuff costs a lot. And so there's a lot that's going into this. And so just to be like, have blinders on and think that it's unique to the Giants and that you know, we start coming up with explanations as to why this is happening about how they build their roster. It's just necessary, in my opinion, to look at the rest of the league before we make those conclusions. And I, I do believe it's part of it, like I said earlier, but it doesn't explain all of it, certainly. Like, for example, the Houston Astros are actually the team closest to the San Francisco Giants in terms of 
the decrease they saw from 2019 to 2022 in terms of the percentage decline. The Astros had a 6% decline, 5.9%. They did outdraw the Giants this year, 2.69 million to 2.48 million. But really, it's not much of a difference. It is a difference, but, uh, and I don't know what, in, uh, in 2019, the Giants were closer, but the Astro, I mean, the Giants were at 2.7 million, Astros at 2.9. So really, we're not talking about huge differences here. And the Astros have been so good. And this year, they won 106 games. And so, I don't know. If you look through this list, there's playoff teams that saw bigger declines than the Giants. The Cleveland Guardians were a playoff team this year, and they had a decline of 25.5% from 2019. The Oakland A's, by the way, down the most, more than twice as much as the next closest team, down 53% from 2019. They drew under a million fans this year, only 788,000 fans drawn this season. But yeah, the the Guardians and the Phillies are two playoff teams with bigger percentage declines. Boston Red Sox had a 10% decline in attendance. The you know, there's a lot of teams that had an increase, like the Dodgers actually, well, actually the Dodgers are down 3%. Some teams, the, the Toronto Blue Jays up 52%, the Mariners up 30, uh, excuse me, 27.7%. Padres, like I said, 24.7%. So yeah, there's a lot of up and down, but overall a 6% decrease from 2019 to 2022 and the Giants at 8.3%. So not that different than normal. Anyway, I want to turn our attention to some mailbag questions at this point. Now that I've made that point, Joey is daddy says, how early does Kyle Harrison come up? And when could we realistically see Marco Luciano in AAA? So in terms of Kyle Harrison coming up, what we've heard, and I assume you heard this as well, from uh, Farhan Zaidi what, uh, in his postseason press conference was that Kyle Harrison... He said he expects him to be in the rotation this year, and he said it could even be relatively early in the season. So I would anticipate that, I mean, how early could we see him up? We could see him up in April, I think. Like if he just dominates in spring training and maybe somebody goes down with an injury who is projected into that rotation, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they just started him in the major leagues. But it sounds like they want to start him in AAA, and then if he proves that he can pitch well there, it's a tough place to pitch. But if he pitches well, relatively speaking, to the league, you know, again, it's important to know what normal is for that league and then say, is he pitching well relative to league average in that league? And if he is, we could see him in April. And I wouldn't be, I think a reasonable expectation would be to see him in May or June, if he pitches well. So it depends. Like if he goes to AAA and he struggles, if he deals with some kind of injury, all these things are factors. But uh, it sounds like he's going to be in the mix pretty early on starting in 2023. So that's exciting. And in terms of when could we realistically see Luciano in AAA, I think the thought is that he's going to start 2023 in AA. And so it would probably be similar to what some of these guys who moved up uh, did like Casey Schmidt as an example. He started the season in high A and ended up in double A and then triple A. But he let's see, he spent 
93 games in high A before being promoted to double A, and they were 93 good games. And so for Luciano, I could see like he he spent all year in high A and he was hurt at times. So I could see them starting him in double A, and if he has a good few months, then he could be promoted. That would be best case scenario because then if he's in triple A, he could realistically get a call up at the end of 2020 three as like a September call up next year. So can you imagine having Kyle Harrison and Marco Luciano on the roster? Finally, I mean, Harrison hasn't been in the system that long. Luciano has, but having them in the major leagues at various points in 2023 would very much be a great thing for the San Francisco Giants. So when could we see him? I guess second half of the year, middle to second half of the year, possibly in AAA, that would be perhaps a optimistic scenario for Luciano. He would have to do well in double A, which is never a guarantee and stay healthy. So the next question comes from Caleb, who says, who do you think Farhan has at the, has at the top of his free agent wish list? We'll answer that question in just a second. But before we do, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you really are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Guess what? There's a new flavor. It is my personal favorite Delicious, indulgent cookie dough, literally my favorite. Uh, covered in chocolate, that's right, Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% chocolate. Now you might be thinking, this sounds like a dessert instead of a protein bar. Well, guess what? Built has done the impossible, and these bars are actually healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar. They taste better than a candy bar and you can ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. All right, as promised, more questions and answers. Caleb says, who do you think Farhan has at the top of his free agent wish list? And this is a hard question. I have like scoured through the uh, free agent list and it's hard for me to have like a consensus. The guy who kind of stands out as just a classic player that this front office would really like and relative to some of the other top talent out there he's considered like a tier below even though the production has actually been somewhat equivalent like if we look at the last few seasons Brandon Nimmo going from 2020 to 2022 the wins above replacement production per 600 plate appearances so this is a little bit unfair in some ways because when guys don't play as much this number helps them because it gives them 600 plate appearances. It's basically saying, what do you do over like a full season of work on average? But if you're not putting up full seasons of work, these numbers can be skewed a little bit. Like if you're a platoon player and you're just naturally not playing as much, it's not fair to just give you more, like project that same production over more plate appearances because if you got more plate appearances, you'd be exposed to the weak side, the, the, 
your weaker side at the plate or versus, you know, same handed pitching, and you wouldn't actually put up these numbers. But in Nimmo's case, it's been more of injuries that have kept him from having the same uh, playing time as some of these other guys. And that's obviously a concern. And they want to be he's talked about Zaidi has talked about getting younger and more athletic, but he's also said it doesn't have to be younger necessarily, but they need players who are more durable, basically guys who you can count on being out there for a long time over the course of a season. And so maybe Nimmo isn't that guy, although he just had a season in which he was quite healthy, uh, 673 plate appearances this year, which actually is one of the top among the free agents I'm looking at among uh, free agents I've been looking at. But anyway, if you look at the war per 600 plate appearances since 2020, so we're kind of averaging three seasons here, 2020 was a short year, so that's part of why this is a helpful exercise to project over a full season. But anyway, Nimmo is at 4.6 fan graphs wins above replacement per 600 plate appearances since 2020. It's right in line with Carlos Correa and Dansby Swanson both of whom I think are projected to get significantly larger deals than Brandon Nimmo is expected to get. We'll see what these contract predictions end up being. Multiple sources put out contract predictions, and we'll talk about them when those come out, and that should be very soon. So look out for that in the next few weeks here. But for Nimmo, I mean, he's done that. He's had a 134 weighted runs created plus over that span. I think I updated these a little before the 2022 season ended, so these might be slightly off, but it's not going to move the needle much when we're talking about a three-year span. He, over that, over, or excuse me, this year he had 86th percentile sprint speed and 94th percentile outs above average. And so Nimmo just strikes me as a guy who makes a lot of sense for the San Francisco Giants. He is going to be uh, in his age 30 season in 2022, so... But part of what makes him attractive is I think he's more so in line for a four, maybe five-year deal, whereas some of these guys you're committing more years to. And so while I think you're getting more impact production out of Trey Turner and Aaron Judge and even Xander Bogarts and perhaps Carlos Correa as well, Nimmo just kind of strikes a nice balance of he brings you the athleticism, he brings you good defense, he can hit. He's underrated. He doesn't really have strong platoon splits. He's a good kind of character guy. He's from Wyoming, which is unusual. And, uh, you know, so that's close to Denver. He grew up close to Denver. And playing in the Western Division, I could see would be attractive for him. He's played his entire career in New York. But being closer to home and playing on a team that travels to Denver as many times a year as the Giants do, although starting next year, it's a more balanced schedule. So actually the Giants play the Rockies less than normal starting in 2023. I think they only make two trips to Denver starting next year and to all their division foes. But anyway, I could just, the stars kind of align in a lot of ways around Brandon Nimmo. But of course, all those other impact names I just mentioned are also attractive. So I think that those guys are also at the top. I think they kind of have just guys they like I'm sure they have like a number one and a number two and a number three, but Nimmo is just a strong value. If you could add Nimmo and one of the impact guys, that to me would be a really, really solid place to start. And then, of course, they're going to be in the market for an impact starting pitcher with Carlos Rodon reaching free agency. It could be bringing back Rodon or it could be uh, signing somebody to replace Rodon. But those options, 
in terms of frontline arms, there's Jacob deGrom, who has an opt-out, but he said he's going to opt-out. There's Justin Verlander, who has a player option, much like Rodon, but it's pretty clear he'll opt-out given the season he's had. And there's Clayton Kershaw, who's just a straight-up free agent. I don't think that's realistic. I doubt Kershaw would want to go to the Giants, given his legacy in L.A. And then there's Carlos Rodon himself. So those... Those guys, plus the elite, you know, Judge and the shortstops, plus Nimmo, those are the guys for me. Hopefully that was specific enough of an answer. And I'm really excited to see what this offseason brings. So anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen today. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, thumbs up, five stars, whatever you can do. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. We do these shows Monday through Friday. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.